Satyoga is noetic science, which I'm told has been made a popular phrase by Dan Brown, who apparently used it in his most recent novel. But there's been an institute of noetic sciences in California for a long time, of which I was a member. But noetic science is the science of knowing. Satyoga is the most ancient science of knowing. It goes back to the origins of human history. And in fact, its origins are shrouded in the mists of prehistory. But it is the science of knowing the knower, the science of self-awareness, self-consciousness, that which particularizes the human being and makes us different from other beings on this planet, that capacity for awareness becoming aware of itself. We're not simply aware of the physical world. We're not aware simply of the mind. We are not aware or controlled by instinctive energies. But we have the capacity to return our awareness and our intelligence back to the very source of our being. And the application of that capacity, the development, the augmentation of that capacity is yoga. And so we're here to practice bringing the mind back from its usual externalized attitude to an internalization that returns itself to its very source. This is the Ouroboros, you know, the image in mythology of the snake that swallows its own tail until it swallows its whole being and there's nothing left. And so in this act of introversion in which we return to the source, we end up swallowing our whole ego, our whole identity, until we realize we're absolutely nothing at all because awareness is not an entity. We shouldn't really even use the term awareness as if it is a something. It's a wearing, right? Knowing. There's no knower, as we discover, but a knowing. But even that knowing, as it returns to the source, cannot conceptualize itself in any way. Because we have returned to a level of being. The knowing becomes being. And we have transcended the conceptual plane, which is a grid that we formulate over reality, in order to uh, be able to manipulate, control, and create agendas regarding this phenomenal plane. But when we're done with all that, with desire, fear, insecurities, and all of that, then what becomes really interesting is the discovery of who am I beyond all that, beyond the utilitarian uses of the mind, beyond even the philosophical or metaphysical levels of sophistication of the mind. What is the absolute self? When that question becomes of interest, and even more than just curiosity, when it becomes life or death, that one must know, to use the image from the matrix, when the splinter in your mind becomes so painful that it must be removed, that we must get to the source, then we apply the second splinter of the practice of yoga, to remove that pain of not knowing who we are, that alienation from our being. But to get there, we must be willing to let go of everything we think we know, everything we've been taught, 
including everything that we're taught here. Let it all go. No, absolutely nothing. And it's in that, that tabula rasa, when you erase the whole blackboard, that only the knower remains. But that means keeping the mind in complete silence. Don't externalize it. Don't get caught up in thinking about what an interesting meditation this is, what an interesting inspiration, image, vision, blissful energy wave I just received, any of that. Who is the knower? Who is the perceiver of that? Keep going back to the immovable spot, as Buddha called it, that point of awareness that never strays from the absolute center of your being and around which the entire universe revolves. And when you're in the absolute stillness of that center, that is when all is revealed. And the pain of that splinter is removed forever. And so it requires going against the grain of the mind and of everything we've been trained as to how to use the mind, which is to create new thoughts, produce, do, act, move, right? We want to become unmoving. And so objections will arise in the mind. Well, you're not being productive. You're wasting your time. You're escaping. You're doing this or that. You're... You're not living, etc., etc., right? The mind will throw all kinds of monkey wrenches into the practice of meditation. They're all false because when you gain this center, you will have more incredible willpower, intelligence, vision, capacity to accomplish in the world, to download inspirations, to see things as they really are. Your intelligence will rise to a, a level that you would seem to, can't imagine. You would, it would be inconceivable when you reach the silent center. Because the silent center of your being is no longer your being. It's no longer individual. It becomes the non-localized presence that is everywhere and nowhere. It, it, this is what quantum physics is pointing to now as the most elementary level of reality, the quantum wave prior to its collapse into particles and worlds and universes and multiverses. This complete potentiality that does not contemplate itself as any object, that does not concretize itself, but realizes itself in its essential nature, this is freedom, swatantriya. This is the ultimate goal of yoga. To be free from all of the straitjackets that your mind has put you in. All the pigeonholes, all the preconceived thoughts and the regurgitated ideas that come from other people. All the invalid things you learned in all the schools that you suffered through. All of those things that you depended upon to give you a sense of existence and worthiness and reality. Go beyond all of that and find the absolute source that is absolutely worthy and doesn't require someone else's approval or some diploma on the wall or a certain number of other people to tell you, yes, that made sense, or any of that. Be free. Be immune to both praise and blame. Be immune to all of the attacks and slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. And then you will realize the power to offer something to the world in that freedom that the world has never received before. And you can truly then serve from a place 
in which you are offering from the very source of being to those who have been lost in the desert of the unreal, in the mind that is caught in the delusions of the ego, and you will have the power to free others from those chains of illusion. But until we free ourselves, we have no power to help others. And of course, once you are free, you realize there really are no others. And that is what actually frees them, because you do not have a relationship of duality, but of unity. And in that unity, one goes beyond all the defense mechanisms in which people repulse others and keep them at a distance and find fault with them and all of that. Because once those projections upon you have nothing to hold on to, they return to the sender. And once they do that, the sender is awakened by their own energy. This is the same principle of the martial arts. This is what an Aikido master does. You don't need to kick or punch the other person, but their own energy will be taken into a spiral back to its own source, and the person will be on the ground wondering what happened to them. But nothing happened to them except that their own energy found its own center in a way that was unimaginable to them. And so this is the way in which we can live non-violently and yet effectively enable someone to reach their own heart, their own truth, without having to proselytize or force anything upon them. And that we can live in our own truth without fearing the judgments, the attacks, the negations. And that we can offer from a place of love because we are no longer fragile and emotionally unstable and moving up and down on the roller coaster of fear and desire and sentimentality and attachment. But we can see things as they are and act effectively as an instrument of the source of being in the world and make our whole lives an offering, a sacrifice into the flame of being so that this world becomes more enlivened in the spirit of love because we have been willing to dedicate ourselves to that spirit. And so the meditative act is the act of sacrificing one's ego into the flame that is that very center and immovable source of our being. And that's when life becomes interesting because that flame, once the ego has dissolved in it, uses it as the fuel to reach levels of consciousness that can otherwise not be reached. It is that sacrifice that propels one into the higher dimensions of reality. But don't take my word for any of this. Do it as an experiment if you have an interest. If you don't have an interest, it's not going to work anyway and you'll be thinking about something else tonight. You'll be thinking about what you're going to do this weekend or what happened to you that you didn't like yesterday or some other thing that has nothing to do with why we have actually come here. That's up to you. But the results you will get from the meditation depend on your own interest. And when your attention is fully dedicated to discovering who you are, In an absolute sense, you will break through all the resistances of the ego and achieve liberation. But you have to want it, and you have to be willing to do the experiment all the way and not stop at some lesser attainment of, oh, I feel peaceful, or I had a great insight, or I had this or that, because you still don't know who is the I who had it, you see. And then you have to start all over again. 
So we're not here to strengthen the ego. We're not here to become better people even. We're not here to achieve anything in the phenomenal plane, but to transcend that plane so that we can then bring back into this plane a realization of truth that has never been heard before and that can awaken others to possibilities of transforming life here on earth from its present hell realm that is leading to destruction through the arrogance and hubris of the ego and offer another way out of the impasses of egoic life that are now the plague of everyone's existence. So there's a great purpose, and yet we're not doing it for that purpose. We're doing it for something that transcends even purpose, even service, even any conceivable goal And when one wishes that level of freedom, then one realizes the ultimate paradox that there is really nothing you need to be free from. There is no one who even needs to be liberated. (laughs) That even that was part of the, the matrix. And then there is great joy and great bliss. So let's enter into the absolute center of our being.